Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey! Oh, Cindy, I miss you. Come back. Come back. I come back tomorrow night. Oh, it's been so lonely. It's so funny because i was like i'm so glad to just like go home to my apartment and just sit in the dark for like three days straight before i start school again but no i can't do that because i can't so (laughs) yeah why because you start school immediately i start interviews and school monday so it's gonna be a prep weekend just so fun i can't wait it's so funny because sarah and i were talking about before we recorded how different our personalities are and like to any other person they probably wouldn't understand how we're friends yeah but i don't know like me like we're the exact opposite in almost everything but also the same in a lot of things it's weird yeah i'll never forget our fr- i'm sarah by the way and that's sydney and i will ne- and this is crying in public <laughs> <laughs> the first time we've done that in the entire season yeah exactly and i'll never forget the first viral tiktok we posted um on our account which is called crying in public podcast if you want to throw us a follow um the first viral video we posted got like 2 million views it was just like a simple trend but it was a kind of play on play about me being really excited about something and Cindy was kind of sitting there with a blank face like that was her only job and all the comments yeah. we got was like Oh my god, they hate each other. <laughs> and it's I wonder like, if that's how people see us in real life too. I don't think I could think of a better example of golden retriever black cat friendship. No better example. I just think about it. like Sarah loves like frilly, sparkly, pink, like light colors. I like just wear black and like baggy <laughs> pants. She's all like, even on the podcast in our greetings, she's always like I can't even like fake it. I like hi I can't even yeah, do it. Hi. Like, like hi. And it's like hi. And it's so funny because I just don't even know how to explain it. It just, it works. Our goodbyes too. I'm like, bye everybody. We love you so much. You're like, okay. like, bye. And your voice is always gone for like some reason. I don't know what it is because I talk all day. For some reason, just when I record, I don't have a voice. It just, so I literally prepared myself chamomile tea for this episode because every time I listen back, it's like chalk, chalk on a chalkboard. 
No. Nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> I hate chalk. Chalk yeah, on a chalkboard. I have an agenda against chalkboards. Everything about them. Like, because at the law school, for some bizarre reason, they have chalkboards in the classes. And, like, nothing looks good on a chalkboard. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. No, it looks messy. Also, in this big old year, why would you have a chalkboard when you could have a whiteboard? Also, magic do boards. boards. Can't stand magic boards either. Me either. Just write on the board. Like, it's okay. Use a PowerPoint. <laughs> it's okay. Like, why do you need to have a digital pen? Like, I don't understand. It makes no sense. That's like, I love people that invent whatever inventors like you're super cool and you keep the world moving forward but like for example like ai ai is like the new big thing now it's big in law it's big in art it's big in whatever and it's like that really creepy thing where everyone was paying like eight dollars to see themselves like as a lord of the rings character or like whatever and it's like we could use ai to do like very simple routine tasks that just make like work life more efficient to actually help people like whether it's like filling out forms or like scheduling things like that would just be a great use for it but instead we're like making them write novels and papers and art which is like something that's creative and like that's human emotion you know that you can't really feign so why not just use it to like like why can't we have like an ai meal prep or something or like an ai that writes my emails for me or like cleans up my desktop like those are things that like i would actually want to benefit from I don't need an AI to draw me like an avatar character, you know? Yeah, and I have an AI app too. If you need me to take this out, I will. But the funniest thing, like the most important thing that I've ever asked my AI to do was to make me a sexual drinking game. What? Yeah, like the a sexy drinking game. Sarah does like... in her free time, I'd be scared to ask. <laughs> I'll say an adult drinking game. That's that's what I'm going to settle on. <laughs> but that you're so right, though. I mean, AI has a lot of potential to like clear up space and especially in the arena of like disabled persons like that would be so helpful and could literally change the world yet we're asking ai to create disney characters children and like that's it (laughs) and posting it on tiktok like i've seen like the office characters as babies i mean cool but (laughs) let's not and i know that the ai realm kind of leaked into like the world of ASL and like hard of hearing people, but it has like even physically disabled people or like people with learning disabilities. Like it has so many um, like opportunities to do so much good. And look at what we're doing. <laughs> Are you taking a picture of me? I'm doing a B reel for my. Are you just holding your phone my, there? Oh, <laughs> at least ask me to pose before you uh, plaster me on. <sighs> Paparazzi, stop it! I'm so dead. I also used AI to tell me a scary story. It's really cool. All you have to do, and the app that I have is free for now because it's the beta version, but it's going to be, I guess you're going to have to pay for it at some point. And I inputted like your name, my name, and Camden's name. And then I made the villains, I'm not going to say their names publicly, obviously, but two people who Sydney and I like really, really hate. Um, And I just said to my AI, the only thing I said was like, write me a scary story, put vampires in it. Um, these are the protagonists and these are the antagonists go and it wrote me like a six-page novel and it was really good actually if only they had that during my wetpad time yeah it was like they went in the woods and sarah got bitten and sydney died <laughs> no because why does the black person always die first <laughs> in the horror movies so I, my, my, I wouldn't be there in the first place see ai but... is right ra- how do they know you were black that's the thing it's like they knew <laughs> they knew it's a certain je ne sais quoi so i loved wetpad as a kid because i loved writing i loved fiction and i loved one direction period that was like the pinnacle of those three things and there was one series called the after series which i loved 
And I would love to say I was one of the first readers of Act of After. I loved Anna Todd, loved the books. Yeah, what do you think of the movies? Ooh. They're so bad. I loved the movies, and Anna Todd said that she was staying on to help write the movies. I was like, oh, like, cute. Um, Yeah, no, because each movie gets worse. Okay, that's the first part. Like, the first one was already bad. Then they decided to make the next three, and then they just get progressively worse. And, like, my favorite part that I feel like is not talked about enough is that I think the actors in the movie realize how bad it is. So, like, one by one, they drop out, and they just replace them with a character they think looks alike without addressing it. So, like, I watched the first movie and the third movie last night, and there's completely different actors for the same characters. And they're made, like, a year apart. That's just so, I don't know, that's so awkward to me. Because I hate, like... For like example, like the Fosters, yeah. like they, oh, they replaced I hated Jake when T. Austin they did that. with Noah. Like, baby was two feet taller. That was awkward. <laughs> oh I don't know. Noah, I mean, what's he his was last good name? At Noah it, Santiago. Santinia. Yes. Yeah, so, so what did I say? Santiago. Santiago. <laughs> I will never forget when I watched the first after with one of my best friends from back home. Her name's Mia, and uh, it was like a scene out of a like a sitcom. Because the movie ended, and she turned to me with wide eyes, and I turned to her with wide eyes because I thought it was so bad, like I was about to start ranting about it. And she goes, that was the best movie ever. And I was kind of sitting there like, yeah, because <laughs> I was going to say like the exact opposite. The guy, uh, I don't know his name, that plays like Harry's character or Harden, whatever. Harden. He's so bad at a British accent, and I can't, I can't. I would name my kid Harden. I think okay, that's actually, such a mind. bad name. I'm so sorry. Don't name no, your kid. Listen, hard in winter. Like I'm hard <laughs> in winter. Oh no. Are you gonna keep your last name when you get married? So depends on who has the cooler last name. I am definitely keeping mine no matter who I marry. I might hyphenate it, but it's hard because when you hyphenate names, usually you hyphenate short names like um Dodge Brown or like what I don't I think it's actually someone's real name. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it's like it works because they're short, but like mm-hmm. winter, such a long name, kind of that I don't wouldn't know how to hyphenate that. So unless they have like a cute last name and they're coming with something, then I'll change it. But also, I don't I don't know. This might be like ultra feminist of me. The so many parts of weddings are weird to me. Like we talked about this before in the podcast. Like the idea of your dad like giving you away at the altar. I do not need to be given away. I make my own choices. So. <laughs> Um, I don't know about that one. Like, I'll let my dad walk down the aisle. I'm not, like, calling it giving away. And, like, why don't I take my husband's name? I guess that's, like, how life works. And maybe I will. But, like, it, I guess it's good that I'm getting married after law school. Because there is yeah. no way my name's not going on my degree. Um, Watch you get married uh, given, literally this summer. <laughs> I'll say, uh, given the track record of how it's going so far, it looks like it's going to be Sydney Winter on my degree. <laughs> but... <laughs> But um, you know, you no, never so know. Sad. Things could change. <laughs> that is so sad. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, because I don't know if it's just me. Why is everyone hard launching on Instagram right now? Is it hard launch season? Ooh, girl, it was giving jump scare, jump scare, jump scare on the stories on New Year's Eve. Cause like, oh, girl, I wish I actually, I actually wish I cooked like screenshots. Every story was the best thing to come out of 2022 is you. Ew. And it'd be literally jump scare i was like girl that's who you're hard launching whatever i don't know <laughs> no it's like get me off instagram i don't want to be mean but it's like kermit the frog energy and then i'm like that was really the best thing to come out I, are you positive are you positive go back and really still be quickly. mean to them yeah like this is my thing that like 
me and one of my friends was talking about, it was like um, the way that attraction works for women versus men psychologically is so interesting. Yeah. Because so many times you'll see what is conventionally a very attractive woman in terms of like what we view beauty standards as in a man who may not fit conventional standards of attractiveness. And you're like, how is she with him? And like, oh, he's probably just like a really nice guy or has like a really good personality. But never, ever, ever do you hear that in the reverse where you see like mm-hmm. a very conventionally attractive man and like a not as conventionally attractive woman and be like, oh, she probably has a great personality. You never hear that. But I think that women are conditioned to like seek out people they can see themselves being with long term and provide in ways other than like physical attractiveness and that attraction comes with like other qualities they're seeking like oh they're funny and they're nice and they're supportive like that will make me more attracted to them but for men it's just physical attractiveness like you're not going to see them take personality or like ability to care into account until after you get past that like initial attractiveness also you know what you do here when it's the other way around you hear like oh you know um her like p word must be good and you know it's just like it's always very sexual and weird when it comes to a conventionally attractive yeah man with the lesser conventionally attractive woman yeah and then it's the other way around you're like oh you know he he must be so sweet and it is just weird or like rich he must be rich regarding like weddings and stuff i don't really like i like my last name because it's mine but if it wasn't mine i would hate it does that make sense so really i don't like my last name it's hodge so if you don't know obviously it's hodgson and like it's hard to say no one can spell it like how does it feel having the coolest last name ever sydney i would never know so i feel like if someone even has like a like a, a whiff of a cooler last name than i do i'm gonna take their name um and also yeah the giving away things weird there's also this weird thing where like not only does the father walk you down the aisle like it's not only just called giving he actually takes your hand and places it in your like new you soon to be husband's hand and like that's the whole process of giving away like here you go and i think that's so degrading like never at my wedding it's so funny because you've been my best friend for like four years my mom still can't pronounce your name yeah. Like, even, like, her your contact in her phone, it's Hodgkinson. I was like, where'd you get that from? <laughs> See? But, um, it's a nuisance. Yeah. Also, like, kissing someone in front of, like, all those people, uh, we're going to be fist bumping. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I am 22 years old, I think. 20. I can't. I really don't know my You did this age. last I'm episode, 22. too. You're 22. <laughs> no, if someone asked me how old I was, I'd be like, uh. Um, I am 22 years old, and, like, only one of my significant others has met my parents, well, I guess my high school boyfriend did, but that's because, like, my high school had, like, 10 people in it. But I've only introduced one person as a partner to my family, and, like, that felt a little bit traumatizing. So I – do you think I'm going to kiss someone in front of my family? Ew. And it's, like, weird because, ill. you have to, like, do that. And then you have to, like, take their name. Ew. And then, ill. this is the worst part. Blech. Like, when you leave the wedding, everyone knows what you're going to do. Ew. Like <laughs> – what if he went to go watch a movie and like fist bump and hold hands? Like that's what we're doing. So instead you know? of be, like, if you uh, kind of did the nasty on your wedding night, you'd be thinking the whole time, like my parents know that I'm doing this right now, basically. No, like my eighth cousins and my grandmother know. That's weird. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like. That. There's this really adorable picture of my parents. So my dad's wearing his naval uniform. My mom's in like a pretty fluffy white dress that was inspired by um, what's her name? That fashion icon. 
Uh, what's Katie her name? No. Oh, Diana? Yes, Diana. And they're in the... Fashion l- icon? Girl. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's what that, that was the first qualification you got for Diana. Sorry. Yeah, that just says a lot about how much I know about British culture. But anyway, mm. or royals in general. So it's the picture is my mom and my dad in the limo, but the door is still open. And my mom is sitting on one side of my dad looking terrified. And my dad is on the other side of her getting ready to close the door with like the biggest smirk on his face. Like... You know it's about to go down. And it's my favorite picture, but it's also my least favorite picture because my mom looks so scared. And I'm like, oh, little, little virgin. Aww. I'm so sorry. It, it's the way I've never seen the picture of my parents at their wedding. Really? <laughs> I see pictures of my mom. I've never seen a picture of my dad at their wedding. Mm. Oh, I guess that makes sense. But um, They're divorced. Yeah, they're divorced if you can't tell. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Um, well, I can't wait for my wedding, though. I'm mostly scared because, like, you guys probably can tell this by the way that I speak. I am the most indecisive person ever. Like, when it comes to very big life decisions, I'm extremely decisive. Like, I have that philosophy that, like, nothing, like, nothing really in the grand scheme matters that much. Like, things work out the way they work out. So, like, when it came to law schools, I applied to one school. When it came to, like, whatever, like, per, like writing my stuff for law school, I didn't seek anyone's outside advice. I just did it, you know? So it's, like, stuff like that, I don't really feel the need to have a lot of, like, decision time on because I know what I want. But when it comes to, like, my wedding dress, girl, good luck to you. 
Good luck to my mom. Good luck to my stepmom. Because I will be trying on a million dresses and I will return all of them. Because if they're not the one, they're not the one. But I don't feel like there's only one dress. And that's what's so scary. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of glad that, like, I'm not choosing my own engagement ring. Because, like, I know what I want. And I'm going to make sure they know what I want. But what if what I want's not what I want? You know? Yeah, that's why, see... I trust you to know what I want better than I know what I want because unlike Sydney, I'm a very indecisive person. Um, I'm a little bit like wishy-washy at times. So when it comes to my ring, my dress, I'm just going to let other people kind of just steer me no, in the right direction. Uh, when we had our little like <laughs> trip to France that we mentioned every four seconds. Yeah. Um, and she was like, I'm going to buy my first designer bag. I was like, period. And Monaco, love it. First first off, this this little trip to Monaco. Monaco is probably like my top three favorite places in the world. I love Monaco. So I had this cute little like silk dress that I silk dress and or silk skirt and a white shirt that I bought just to go to Monaco. We sit there and order the most disgusting coffee I've ever had in my entire life. And then I think Sarah's drink fell. So I went to go catch it, which I did, period. But in the meantime, I knocked over my coffee and it spilled onto my white shirt, my silk skirt, and my white Converse shoes, which, mind you, I still have not gotten out of that stain out yet. And so I was like, oh, wow, we've been here for 20 minutes, and I've already ruined my outfit. And you can't walk around Monaco like that. It wasn't like a, like a cute spill. It was like my entire outfit All was drenched in coffee. over her outfit. And it was so obvious, and she didn't have a sweater or anything, so she had to just walk around like that. Yeah, and, like, of course, Monaco is, like, the richest country in the world, so it's, like, Gucci, Louis Vuitton. I was like, okay, well, unless I get sugar daddy, like, I'm not affording any of this. So if luckily they had a Zara, so I just, like, went there to go get a new outfit. I don't know why I told this story. Oh, yeah, that's just a side story. Anyway, that's the purse. <laughs> so this is all before we got Sarah's purse. And she went into Alex. We went into oh god, we went into every single designer store on this island to find this girl a purse. And mind you, I know Sarah. She's frilly. She's happy. She likes white and the rose, <laughs> and roses and story. appliques and sparkles. So like, I was like, okay, she wants like a feminine bag. We go into Alexander McQueen, and there's a bag. It's like a black bag, and has this like cool little like feature on the front where you can slide your fingers through them and it's like looks like rings but you're like holding the bag in your hand like a clutch and it just had these gigantic gothic skulls all over it and like mind you it's something that i would wear because i am pretty much gothic and sarah's like i want this bag i looked at her like she was crazy she had grown three heads i said sarah you wear white fluffy poodle skirts with sparkles and you want to get a black bag with black skulls all over them. She's and then like, what yes. did I do? I was so sure I was going to prove you wrong. So I called every single person I knew, showed them the bag, was like, Sydney, shut the fuck up. Look at this bag. What do you think? And every single person I called was like, you're an idiot. Do not buy that bag. You're going to hate it in like a week. And she was like, no, I'm not. I was like, Sarah, I'm really going to call your mother because there's no way I'm letting you walk and out the store did. with that And she did. Cindy called my mom on me. I literally called she her mom. She ratted. I was like, please. I was like, please not let your daughter spend this obscene amount of money on a skull bag. And Sarah was like, I can wear it for Halloween. Girl, that is one day out of the year. But she ended up with the Fendi bag, which is still gorgeous and i feel like it's more suited to everyday wear yeah rather than a it's just a plain black fendi baguette which i really like and thank god for sydney because if i was on that trip with anyone else they actually might have been supportive of the bag but now i know you know like when it comes to my wedding dress and like the bridesmaids dresses i know i have very strong-minded people around me to like help me not make the biggest mistake of my life and i'm really excited i feel like there are three different kinds of people 
when it comes to like wedding dress shopping but also just trying things on in general there's the person who's like on their phone not caring drinking the champagne and like eating the strawberries there's the person who's like don't get that this is your dress you know like the one with all the opinions and then there's the third one who's just like mean that makes you look bad you know am i wrong my sister and my thing is like I'm one of those people where, like, everyone can tell me a dress is ugly and I'm still going to get it if I like it. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, when I went to, so, like, we have a bunch of galas for law school. It's, like, law school prom, but, like, 50 times. And they're a black tie. So I went to go try on dresses. And everyone's, like, it just starts to be dramatic because there's, like, feathers on them and, like, rhinestones. I'm, like, well, you know what? I'll be dramatic then. I am not one of these regular girls. I want to look unique and I like this dress. And everyone said not, not to get it, but I got it anyway. Which one so, was that? The one with, which one was that? Like, the black one with the feathers and then, like, the rhinestones. That's my favorite one. I loved that one. And then my mom's – you and my mom going to say yes. And then, like, Molly was like, please do not get that. And then, like, that other silver dress. But I'm like, I'm not one of these regular girls. I'm not wearing a little regular dress. I want something <laughs> unique. Yeah. I'm no ordinary girl. Where's that from? H2O. Oh, H2O. What a great TV show. Oh, my gosh. When we were in France, also bringing this back, okay. Sarah was just watching H2O the entire time. Like, the kids' mermaid show. Great show. It's interesting. Also, speaking of TV shows and stuff, I just started Kaleidoscope. Did you watch that yet? I keep seeing the, like, um, previews for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't like robbery shows. You don't like heist shows? I love heist no. shows. Like, Leverage? Like, Money Heist? Ah, oh, Money I Heist. I never got into Mm. it's really cool because each episode um, every netflix account holder can watch the show it's randomized i think or it's like pertaining to stuff that you like to watch i don't know but i think it's probably the first one because i don't really know what algorithm they would use to do that but every single person watches it in a different order and each episode is just the name of a color so my order could be like pink green purple blue and then chances or yours could be like blue purple yellow pink like stuff like that and then the finale is always the same interesting isn't that crazy does that mean, does that mean there's no like relationships because how would that work no there are a bunch of relationships i think you just kind of like find out who certain people are like later in the show I, and also i think all the relationships that aren't obvious from the first point in every episode they're just kind of like side characters interesting I don't know. I am only halfway through episode one, but so far I love the concept of like, I'm completely fascinated and I love the acting. It's that guy from once upon a time who plays the mirror and the other guy from once upon a time who plays the, um, the, uh, the writer, like the, the, the guy, the author. Essentially, I think like if they made your life into a TV show, how boring would it be? I am trying to figure out like, mine would be so interesting. There are going to be two people that are allowed to play me, Zendaya and Rihanna. So, <laughs> and they're both older than me, so I don't know how that would work. But oh my god, no, because like if they made a movie about me and like the main character was like unlikable, I'd be so offended. <laughs> yeah, now we're doing we're in pop culture corner now because you said Rihanna and that made me think of something. Um, did you see at the VMAs Kevin Hart freak out? When Rihanna came up to get her award. This isn't recent, but I just saw it on TikTok and Kevin Hart was freaking out and she would, like almost slapped him, like grabbed the microphone and the no. Mm-mm. I have to go find but it I would for probably you. Do the same thing. Yeah, he was freaking out. Yeah, he, his celebrity crush is Rihanna. He did a bunch of bits about it. I feel like everyone has everyone's has to be. I'm getting Kevin it's Hart like, to perform at my wedding. Perform comedy? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I was like, duh. I was like, you want him, it's like you want him to dance? <laughs> Oh, I want him to play jazz music at my wedding. No, I want him to do comedy. Okay, ooh, I have an idea for a topic now that we're 25 minutes in. 
so you know how like the discourse has been around like toxic male um aspirations like andrew tate like fresh and fit podcasts like that are spewing uh negative ideas about like masculinity about misogyny about women etc do you feel like we have any of that on the women's side i think that we do because i keep like seeing all of these tiktoks that are like how to make a man want you like how to play the game um all this whole like lori harvey like yeah yeah, make him sign an nda then dump them type thing is that i feel like we don't talk about it enough that that comes on the women's side too and we take it as like oh let's beat them at their own game but for the first, like, half of the episode, Cindy was playing with her mic, and it's showing up in her audio. So if there's any audio disruptions up until now, we I greatly sincerely apologize. apologize. You know what? Nothing will ever be as bad as me forgetting to um, hit record when we had, like, one of our most important oh guests my gosh. on the No, and it was, like, <laughs> it was, like, a two-hour conversation, like, a part one, part two type thing. I remember Sarah's face being, like, girl, I didn't press record. I was like, oh, my God. Oh. It wasn't even like it was. I cried. It wasn't even like it was Sarah's audio that we didn't record. It was Sarah and the guest's audio. So that was a bit no. Scary. And I cried. Do you remember me crying yeah. when I realized I didn't record? I was so so. I was like, she was a very important guest. I was like, crap. What are we gonna do? Oh, uh, we made it work. But the audio sucked. <laughs> like sucked. So it sucks so bad. Like she probably heard that and yeah. was like, I'm never talking to these people again. <laughs> Stop. I was talking to somebody about this. Who is I? Uh, there are only like three people in the world who can make me ugly laugh. And it's you, Camden, and my mom. When you three, oh my God, I have this laugh, which makes me sound like a dying walrus. You've all heard it. But Sydney and Camden and my mom, they just bring it out. You guys have heard me talk about Camden on the podcast before. They just bring it out in me. It's a deep throat. Like it sounds like there's a toad in, in my vocal It sounds words. like a bronchitis patient. Patient zero. <laughs> <laughs> from stranger things patient Definitely. yeah zero 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 one <laughs> i'm not like girl i don't know sometimes i forget what my laugh sounds like you have a few i'll lay out your laughs for you it's either like your fake laugh which is i'm so dead it's yeah. not even a no. laugh it's just a phrase <laughs> i feel bad because i know when i tell people no i'm not listening or i don't care yeah yeah like so or you just don't think it's funny like someone will tell a joke and then then you'll be like oh i'm so dead no because like I'll, I'll think it's funny i just like don't know how to summon the laugh for it and then there's the um like that was literally just ridiculous or like an ironic laugh and it's oh yeah my spit take yeah her spit take and then there's the (laughs) yeah you do a lot yeah my friend chris makes me like guttural laugh for the first he's like the first person like a long time makes me guttural laugh chris is in his law school friend and he makes me laugh too he's very funny oh he listens to the podcast which is cute oh hi chris i think you're one of the funniest people i've ever met i remember when he came over for halloween he made me laugh so hard when we had like a two-minute conversation oh, he's so funny it makes me laugh because like a lot of people i'm close friends with don't listen to this podcast because i think it's weird to like hear us talk when they know us which i kind of get because like i will listen back to episodes and they're like, oh, that's weird because that's that's me and Sarah. Yeah, we've been friends for so long. It's weird. It's like the Mandela. It's weird listening back to the episodes, but we always do. Yeah. So now that we're 30 minutes in, the topic. Yeah, well, just like toxic female advice. Because we always talk about how like there's this weird alt-right toxic masculinity movement happening online. Like Andrea Tate, Fresh and Fit, where all these men are just giving awful advice to young men about how to treat women. But I'm the same vein of the same vein we say that a lot um there's a similar movement happening on the women's side especially on tiktok 
because I get them so often where it's like how to make a man want you, how to manifest their interest in you, like how to. We briefly dipped our toe in this pond last episode, yeah. and I love this conversation. Or like how to make a man want you, or how to fix your personality and make it more attractive. I just like I don't know if it's just me. <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> lose my voice already. Um, I just hate the games aspect of relationships. I'm not here to play. I am not an athlete. I said that last time. I don't like. I don't like sports. I'm not <laughs> playing a game hookup culture has just warped our idea of what's normal in a relationship so much like it is normal to have like intimate not even just like relations in terms of like physical but like to have an intimate emotional connection to someone or like to have intimate conversations with someone and develop feelings for them like that's why it's called intimacy so i think it's weird that like we have some notion that it's normal to do that and it's weird to catch feelings. I don't know. I hate it when that lifestyle is portrayed in the lens of like, men want you to be more independent. So be more independent by sleeping around with a bunch of guys and then you'll find a boyfriend and, you know, like sleep with guys and purposefully like force yourself not to feel anything is so misconstrued. I mean, to me, it's like life is about doing whatever the F you want to do and not necessarily what like, can get you a husband. Yeah. A lot of TikTok videos are posed exactly like that. It's like, oh yeah, you know, you can only be like a, a hoe, like an H word, if you do this in order to get a, you know, you have to do it in order to be in a relationship long term. I think that's an awful goal. And I think a lot of people derive joy or whatever in terms of relationships from different things. Like for me, I value deep connections with people. So like when it comes to like casually hooking up, it's just not something I'm really interested in. Like there was a point in my life where I was, but I've, now that I understand a bit more about what I am, who I am, and, like, what I like, I just find, like, value and happiness from, like, deep connections with people. Way more than I do, just, like, casually seeing people. So, like, I've decided, like, that's what's best for me to not take the route of, like, casually dating. But for some people, they they value more casual dating and not getting invested because for them that's how they, like, protect whatever part of them they want to protect. So I think that having these, like, blanket quote-unquote advice pieces about like how to make him more interested or like how to make your personality more like approachable it's like it's a one like it's a blanket policy I don't know it's so weird to me because I think that every person approaches relationships differently and until you understand that you'll realize there is no one way to approach something you know I'll also say one thing I feel very strongly about is when you as either party involved go on a date with someone and um you know with the intention of ending in a sexual act and like that's pretty much it you know like you don't have many interests in like calling them or whatever I would recommend that you have that conversation on the first date and it doesn't have to be a serious conversation it shouldn't be a serious conversation it should be like a, oh like what are you looking for or oh you know like you know it, it's so simple and I feel like not a lot of people do that and that's how people end up getting hurt because then the whole narrative of like oh my god you only slept with him once and caught feelings that that's when that narrative comes into play and I don't agree with that because Sydney, you said this last episode. I don't think you said it this one yet, but you were saying something about like that's the most that's that's the closest you can get to anyone. Like when you're in that state, it's very vulnerable, and like the fact that we have become desensitized so much to the point where we make fun of people who catch feelings after. And I said that in air quotes after engaging in a sexual act with someone. I think that that's you know fucked up. Yeah, I think also like you were saying about having that conversation. The way that some men do it is just so disrespectful. Like, yeah. we are DTF? not we are not a piece of meat. Speak to me like in a human being, and maybe it'll work out better for you. 
I'm a human being. I'm not a robot. Speak to me in English. Thank you. Whatever language. <laughs> Speak to me in French if you want. I think that's one thing that, like, I love first dates. I think that's just me. Because I think the idea of, like, getting to know someone. You said, like, four episodes ago that you hated first dates. Or is it, like, a love-hate relationship? No. Okay, I re- this is actually the dumbest thing I'm ever going to say. But okay. I was like, I feel like I'm really good at first dates. And I was like, is it them or is it me? I think it's me. I think it's because I like talking to people. And it's kind of fun to just like, I don't know. I know nothing about this person. This is our first conversation. Am I going to win? You know? So, like, I think that I like first dates because I just think they're fun on my end. Like, I don't really care who the other person is. Like, I could have an awful date and I'll go out of it knowing that, like, I, it wasn't my fault. So um, I realized that I think I don't really like the dating aspect. I just like meeting people. But um, <laughs> that's an important. That's important. This was an important <laughs> distinction. But I think that there's a certain kind of first date, which is so interesting. I think it's happened. It's like more prevalent now just because of hookup culture where like you can know someone for a very long time, like whether you're just friends with them or like you met them at work or in class or you guys like we're just hooking up and then you have a first date after you've already known the person it's so weird because like you know that person you know them pretty well but it's your first time getting to know them in a new context and it's so weird but it's so fun I don't know I'll say the first time because um it depends on the date that you go on where like some dates you don't have to talk that much so for example a movie or mini golf or axe throwing right but then other dates you do have to talk on so like sit down nice dinner dates and with the guy I'm seeing like a sit down nice dinner date it was like four day, three dates in for us and I just remember feeling so anxious and a little bit awkward because I was like like uh, we've already done so much together and I think we've already kind of crossed that sexual boundary at that point so I was like what do we even talk about you know what I mean <laughs> like I've done unspeakable things with you I don't know <laughs> like do we talk about the weather you know now it's fine but like our first date i was so nervous i remember seeing you guys on that date and i stuck my head through the fence and i was like hey oh my god this is like months ago the guy i'm seeing and i are on the i'm pretty sure this was our first dinner date actually yeah cindy you hijacked no because i was walking by and it was so awkward because like i'm pretty short in the fence like they were sitting on the street so like the fence next yeah, to their table it was table, still warm out it was like the size of my body so like they probably see the top of my head but they couldn't see my face and i was like is it weird if i walk by them and don't say hi so i just like stuck my head through the fence and i was like hi he was like oh hey sydney and it took sarah like an awkward two minutes to realize it was me and she's like oh hey I was like, okay. Well, because you know how scared I get. So Cindy kind of poked her head in the fence, and we're, like, eating our flambéed crab leg or whatever. And I saw her. I was like, <gasps> you know, I got the whole gasp situation going. Oh, Camden did that, too. Me and him were coming out of his building, and Camden was kind of hiding in a bush and scared the shit out of me. And I fell. That's how scared I was in front of the guy I'm seeing. Sarah's the easiest person in the world to, to scare. I'll be like, boo. And she'll scream. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I was talking about this with someone too recently. We were talking about gullible people. I've realized I'm so gullible. Like, you could tell me, oh my God, this guy's pink. And it'd just be not. And I'd be like, oh my God. No, or like, this guy's green. You're like a scammer's dream. This girl bought a yeah. fur coat off the street. And I said, Sarah. It was $575. And I bought it without checking for an authenticity card. Also, it was on the street. It's probably fleas, and it was literally ticks. on the street. I don't know what. What was in that jacket? I said, "Girl, you did what?" At this point, all the um, fur has fallen out, so I, I like can't wear it anymore. I'm so dumb. That's why we call no more unilateral actions. This is it, your moment. 
This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. hot take i've been seeing a lot of discourse about this on tiktok and on twitter where it was like some people saying it's important or okay i think it's honestly something a thing that just girls do um like i don't really see men ever do this when you consult your friends about like every little thing in a relationship and on one hand people are like oh that's good to do because like you get other perspectives on like what the issue is because like i could read something one way and you could read it another way and i'm like okay well which way is correct you know like what's the intended way um but people keep saying they're like you're never going to grow in yourself or in a relationship if you rely on other people to like communicate for you like you should keep like what happens or like what's said in between you and that person and respond how you want to respond. Like when girls are like, Oh my God, don't text him. Don't text him. Blah, blah, blah. Cause he said X. If you want to text him, text him. Like that's the whole premise on that part. So like, what do you think? Should you consult your friends about like every little text or like, do you gotta just do your own thing? I actually have very conflicting things about or um, feelings about that because everything you said totally makes sense. I mean, how can you even expect to grow as a person, let alone maintain very valued privacy between you and your significant other if you tell someone else every single thing that they said and try to get their opinion, you know? Um, But at the same time, I know 
I know of a time when I was in a position where I just came out of like a relationship that ended very toxically and I didn't really trust myself to make these decisions quite yet. So I kind of forced them on other people. I mean, I don't want to sound like a tyrant. I didn't force them on anybody, but I know that I consulted a lot of people before texting back or before saying some things over a call, you know, and even in my breakup conversation, like the breakup FaceTime I had with my ex or whatever. I mean, I half of what was written down that I was reciting as a speech essentially wasn't written by me and I think the reason why that was is because yeah one I didn't trust myself but two I knew I wasn't in a place where I could objectively approach the situation whereas I knew other people were if that makes sense so like at the same while I knew that what I was doing was the right decision I didn't really trust myself to say the words correctly and adequately without or even trust myself to go back to him if he kind of came back at me in a certain way. Does that make sense? Yeah. What do you think about that? I agree because I feel like obviously when you're in the relationship, it's hard to see things objectively, especially like when we often approach. I know just I speak for myself. Like I'm a very emotional person. So like I mm-hmm. tend to like see things with rose-colored glasses on. So like sometimes it's nice to get like that punch of reality from people. But on the same – not the same hand. Actually the exact opposite hand, the other hand, the left hand. <laughs> um like, this is something I'm kind of, like, going through now. It's, like, I know how I want to approach a situation. But, like, when I consult people, everyone says something different or, like, saying the opposite. But it's, like, are they like, oh, you're going to see needy or want or, like, whatever. Like, you need to make him, like, beg for it. You need to make him wait, blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, I know who I am as a person in, in any kind of, like, romantic setting. And on the same, like, vein, I am the only one who knows that person the way that I do. So, like, I understand the way he communicates. I understand the way that he views me, or at least I think I do. So why would I take an outside perspective when, like, I am the only one privy to that kind of information or that kind of connection, you know? But on the same thing you were saying, sometimes it's hard to see things objectively. Like, I might see something as, like, not that big of a deal, but people are like, oh, someone could be like, oh, he's breaking up with you, or, oh, he doesn't want this, or, like, whatever. So sometimes it's good to see other perspectives, but at the same time, it's hard when they don't see parts of the relationship that you see. Yeah, totally. And, like, a really common thing that you hear is, like, you, you know, you don't see me in my relationship. You don't get it because you're not in it. And the same is also true. It's, like, you get it because you're not in it, if that makes sense. I think it's a balancing act. Yeah. And, like, for example, like, Sarah knows this. I hate when people say my name. It makes me feel like I'm being reprimanded. Like, Sarah will text me. Like, when somebody calls her, like, Sydney in a conversation. Yeah. Like, earlier... Was it you? Yeah, it was you. I think it was you. You're like, thanks, Sydney. Mm-hmm. And I was like, was that you? Someone texted me that earlier. I don't know. It's either you or Ashley. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is great podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who it was. Okay, well, someone... <laughs> oh, it was my stepmom. She texted me like, <laughs> sorry, I know there was an S in there. They texted me, thanks, Sydney. And it's so weird to me because like, one, like it was just us two in a conversation. So like I knew I was the person being talked to. Some people say my name. It kind of scares me because I'm like, oh my gosh, am I in trouble? But it's like in a romantic setting, it can go one of two ways. Like they could say your name as like an intimacy thing. Like by directly saying I'm speaking to you, it comes out as more intimate it's like, for example, like I know when I'm in a relationship, I love saying that person's name because for me, it just makes things feel more intimate. But at the same time, it can also be like, I'm annoyed, Sydney. I understand what I'm saying, Sydney. I don't know. That scares me. So like, yeah, people can say your name as a point and then also as kind of a kind gesture. Yeah. Or like an intimacy thing. So it's like, while yeah. I might read it as 
me being reprimanded, Sarah might see us it cute and innocent and like whatever. So it's weird to like, that's just a very small example, but like how I view one thing can be completely different in another context by another person. So that's why it's so hard to consult other people because people bring their own life experiences to even the smallest things as how they read messages. So it's hard to understand what that person means. And that can just have some implications for how you communicate with someone. So I don't know how I feel about consult. I would say as of now, I've learned that I need to stop consulting people as much about little things and let myself handle it the way it needs to be handled. But like on big things, of course, I'll consult someone if it needs to be consulted, if it's like a big decision. But when it comes to like just wanting to reach out to someone or like wanting to check up on them, like I'm going to do it if I want to do it. Yeah, I think that's really important. I would say that's a great rule to follow because I know we constantly say in the podcast that, you know, don't follow. But in the sense where it's like if it's something small, like just evaluate it, you know, if it's something small that you feel like you can tackle yourself, do it. But if it's not for a very obvious reason, then yeah, you know text your friend, text your mom, do whatever, because you are your own person and you do need to have some trust in yourself, but you also have a support system who's there to help you. It's really interesting being on both sides, like the person who reaches out about advice and then the person who's kind of confronted with like, how do I say this? So I rather just like, depends. Communicate how I like to communicate, you know, like, so what if I come off that I care too much? The world will go on. If it's not meant to be, Mm -hmm. it's not meant to be, you know? So I think that's important to, you know, keep in the mind. And also, like, if you do that so much over text where you feel like you can't respond to something yourself, even as basic as, like, hello, what are you going to do when you're in person with that person? Like, when you have to actually have face-to-face conversation, you can't consult other people. Girl, you got to be able to hold it up, hold it down on your own, you know? <laughs> hold down the fort. Hold down the fort. <laughs> so I'm definitely learning that I need to stop consulting as much. Like, obviously, it's nice to have, like, friends' advice. But, you know, if I want to do it, I should just do it. Who cares? It is such a growing process. I've grown a lot and I've become a lot more independent, like knowing kind of how to handle situations that I would have been nervous about a couple months ago. And I think that was just kind of a little life update for our listeners because anyone who's going through a breakup right now, it'll get better. The only medicine is time. No, that's true. Because I never thought I'd heal for my ex and woke up one day and I was like, ooh, Zooey mama, I'm so glad I'm not with him anymore. (laughs) Is that a Diary of a Wimpy Kid reference? Yeah, I keep saying it. I'm, I have not seen that movie since I was maybe 10 years old. And I keep saying Did it. Did you have the books? Uh, no, I don't like the little stick figure. Creep me out. If you're around our age, we're 22. If you had the book where you could like write in it, like the journal, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid journal that you kind of had to fill out, like you made your own uh, dream house and you wrote down like diary entries. That was my shit. See, I was a bad B and when I was like six, I couldn't relate to no Wimpy Kid. Um, I was Sharpay Evans when I was in middle school, so... No, like, if we met elementary school, there's no way we would have gone along. No. I mean, when I watched High School Musical, I thought Gabriella was the villain. That's how I saw her the entire series. Like, the second movie, I just rewatched it recently, and I still kind of feel this way. I was like, this girl is gorgeous, and she's really funny, and she's nice, and she's funny, and she can sing um, better than Gabriella, and she can get you a future? Um, to me, the answer is clear. <laughs> I feel like the real so victim was Ryan. Yeah, Sharpay's yeah. brother. Yes. They did him so yeah. dirty. That girl, That is your twin. That's your twin in him. You treating him like dirt. That is your treacherous twin. And you threw this man under the bus with this little boy with the little shaggy haircut? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. When she kicked him out of the Huma Huma Nuka Nuka Apua'a song, uh, they said, appro- Don't even, they like, said cut the so much appropriation, we're going to put it on the deluxe album. That's crazy. So offensive, it's actually not even funny. And the thing was, like, they were in, like, Palm Springs, Arizona, or, like, whatever they called it. Why did you need to have that song? There was literally no purpose besides to appropriate on the deluxe album. 
That's crazy. That's when people were still interested in what um, high schoolers in suburbia were doing. And it's, like, weird that, like, I remember in Zach and Cody when they did High School Musical as their play and Char- and at, ugh, what was her name? Maddie tried out to be Ashley Tisdale as Sharpay Evans and they were like, you guys look nothing alike. That was the first form of gaslighting. That's where gaslighting was born. Yeah. Um, also, I was going to say, I was just thinking of other high school TV shows that are really popular right now and it's just so funny. Like, we grew up on High School Musical and high schoolers now... They're growing up thinking high school's like euphoria. Girl. It's nothing like either of those two. <laughs> if your kid is in anywhere under the age of 19, and not only one has access to HBO Max on their own, a red flag as a parent. Two, if you're letting your kid watch euphoria, okay, that's also a really weird thing to me, is why are so many shows that are targeted towards older demographics, and I'm talking like 21 and up, based around high school. Stop, ooh. This is, this is to Hollywood. This is one out to Hollywood. Stop casting these 40-year-old people. They got wrinkles. They was carrying kids. They got 401ks. Stop casting them as freshmen in high school. We do not want to see that. We do not care. It makes me uncomfortable, actually. If they have crow's feet and they're playing a high schooler, you need to rethink your whole life. No, if you cannot enroll in high school right now and be the same age as your peers, you do not need to be playing a high schooler. I think it's weird. <laughs> like, why is Rebel Wilson playing a high school cheerleader? Like... I just don't, I just don't get it. And it's like, I love shows that are like all American or blood and water where like those kids that could convincibly be high school kids. I do not need to see someone with a 401k and a Roth's whatever IRA. I don't know what it's called playing a 14 year old. That's weird. That's weird. Same with Gossip Girl. I mean, they were like 14 or no, 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 not the actors, but in the show, the characters were 14 when they started. And I'm like, you're talking about marriage. You're sipping a martini at a bar and not getting carded. I mean, what is going on? It's even like, <laughs> no sense. Gossip Girl and Euphoria are like on the cusp. Like they could convincingly be high schoolers in the beginning seasons, but you don't realize like people ate. It's a Stranger Things effect. Like Stranger Things, when they started filming it, the kids looked like kids, but now they're our age playing like 12 year olds and it just looks weird yeah and i get it's not supposed to be completely realistic because it's television so predominantly entertainment's their main focus but i mean it's just like there's a fine line between that and then setting a completely unrealistic precedent for young people if that makes sense i mean like did you see that one tiktok where the cast of euphoria was doing a q a and it was a public thing and a little girl was in the audience who had like who loved shake it up watching old reruns of shake it up and she was like, oh my god, Zendaya, how does it feel going from Disney Channel to this? And Zendaya was like, please tell me you weren't in here to watch the scene yeah, of you. Do you know what I I'm talking about? I remember seeing that, yeah. Like, as a parent, why is your kid there? Okay, do you think it's weird for people that are like, okay, I would say 25 is like the cusp. Like, older than that, watching shows like Euphoria that are about high schoolers. Do you think that's weird? You really think, if you really think about it, the storylines are about 16-year-olds doing romantic things with each other. Is it weird as a grown adult to be watching that, even though the actors themselves are older? I would watch Euphoria with my ex, who is significantly older than me. He's five years older than me. So he was 20, he's 27, 28, one of the two. Um, And he would like make comments about Sydney Sweeney's body or about like how hot some scene was. And I'm like, these are 16 year old characters you're talking about. Isn't that weird? And he would always say like, no, because the actors are like my age or older. And I'm like, yes, but the storyline is about 16-year-olds. And we would go back and forth about this all the time because I just thought it was so weird. 
also because I was annoyed because I am superior Sydney in this situation as your girlfriend. But it smells like exploitation. It does. You know, even though it's not because the actors are, it just, it kind of just gives me that vibe. Oh, you guys, we are out of time. This episode went by really quickly. It really did. Like it zoomed. I don't know how I still have a voice while I chugged this tea. Oh, yeah, guys, Sydney has food poisoning, which is really yeah, sad. Yeah, it's really, no, it was so gross because I just felt sick all day. And then last night, mind you, my room is freezing. It's like 61, I think, degrees in my room. I woke, not even like dripping sweat. It's like if I had run a marathon and then laid in my bed, like I could wipe my shoulder and I was like dripping sweat, my whole body. And then I would take my covers off and I'd be freezing. So I was like, I don't know what's going on. Well, because if you have food poisoning bad enough, it can give you a fever. And that sounds like a fever. Yeah, it was definitely a fever. It's like they said chills and hot flashes were like one, two of the symptoms. Yeah. And I was like, Dad, I have food poisoning. He was like, okay. Thank you. That's so funny. That seems like that's your family's reactions to like most of what you say. <laughs> Dad, I got into Columbia. Okay. Yeah. Then my mom's like, you are highly favored and blessed by God. I was like, thank you, mom. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's just different. I know yeah. like whenever I tell my parents stuff, they overreact. It, it, whether or not it's good or bad. Like I tell my mom, like, mom, my phone got stolen. She's like, Sarah, I'm coming to get you. You need to come home for a month, you know? My wallet, phone, and ID got stolen in, in like, the same two-week period. I didn't tell my parents any of it. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I told my parents less, but I love them because they're, you know. But they, then all the attention, I'm an only, so all the attention's on me constantly, and they just freak out about everything. It kills me because both of my best friends are only child Leos. It, well, Cindy's a cancer, so it makes sense, you know, like, to be attracted to people like that. And it also makes sense for, like, us to be attracted to you. You know, that's why we work. No, it's like my two best friends are Leos. Oh, two of my siblings are Leos. The last two guys I liked and my last ex-boyfriend are Leos. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> it can be a lot sometimes. I apologize on behalf of all of us. but I'm dead. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, we love you. Uh, make sure to follow us on socials at Crying in Public Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And you can listen to us anywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.